This is a show about financial planning with a particular focus on the issues facing those close to or living in retirement. Each week, our host, Dan Wendell, will share his expertise in retirement planning in a fun and down-to-earth format. Now, let's begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show with me, Dan Wendell, owner of the Dolphin Financial Group. Today, we're going to talk about panic selling. You know, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast or video, but I'm going to guess that no matter when you are, somebody somewhere is saying the market's about to tank. Some investors are ready to head out the door and rush out the door because they feel the market's going to crash. And you might be one of them. So in today's show, we're going to talk about what panic selling is. We're going to talk about some research which shows who's more likely to panic sell. And then at the end, we're going to talk about whether or not panic selling is a good thing. And you might be surprised as to the answer to that. But somebody that's rarely surprised by things that I do is Tony Shore, and I'm about to bring him in here. There he is, Tony. <laughs> we're talking about panic selling today, mm-hmm. and we're talking about obviously stock market selling, selling, panicking, okay. you know, getting rid of the stocks. We're going to reflect on what that means, who does it, and I have a study, believe it or not. Um, do you have showing, charts and graphs for the radio I'm, listeners? I might. I might. Yeah, we're well, not going to do charts and graphs. You yelled at me in the past for showing charts for the podcast, but this is on YouTube, so people okay, can that's, see that's what, true. what I have going on here. Sure. And by the way, I am constantly surprised. What you said isn't true. You, you constantly surprise me. That's my goal. You know, your grandfather pays me money every week to constantly surprise you. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know, here's a hundred bucks. Make Tony laugh. Make sure he's in good order. You know, that's that kind nice. Of thing. Oh, Grandpa Bob. Thanks for that. So, okay. Panic selling. We had some panic selling in the 08, 09 crash. Oh, we had panic selling just recently, I think, a little bit. We had panic selling recently in, in October of, uh, or September, October of 2021, we had yep. the COVID crash of 2020, March or February, yeah. whenever that was. Um, the flash crash. Remember the flash crash? It was like that day where the market just <laughs> tanked. And they call it a flash crash because it just happened so quickly that you can, the market tanked and the computers all jumped on and then it came right back up. So yep. there's times when people see the market go down and then there's panic selling. So sure. the question is, is it time to panic, Tony? Is it time to panic? Yes. Oh, oh I'm sorry. That <laughs> was, was a rhetorical question for me, probably. But, uh, you know, hey, somebody sneezed in China. I think I should sell. I'm panicking, right? Uh, hey, I heard a comp- big company in China is going to go bankrupt. I better I better sell, right? Right. Isn't right. that what happened recently? Right. I mean, well, we had in the COVID crisis... We had two days where the stock market circuit breakers kicked in. Yeah. The stock market dropped so much that they shut down the stock market for 15 minutes and then reopened. And that's called a circuit breaker. And we had, I mean, that's, talk about panic. That's yeah. when people start to really panic. Yeah. And um, is it good? Is it bad? We're going to get to that. But what I want to do is reference this study. I'm going to put it up here. 
It's actually called When Do Investors Freak Out? Machine Learning Predictions of Panic Selling. This was August 3rd, 2021. Um, you can. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes down below. Um, you can find it, read this if you want. It gets it's technical. It's. I think it's mostly done by MIT students or uh, professors, researchers. Sure. So it's legit. It's legit. And wow. they, they define panic selling. Let me see how they define it because it's important to know what we're talking about here. What is a panic sale? It is a decline of 90% of household accounts equity, so wow. stocks, over one month period. So 90% decline over one month, but not all from just to, you know the, the, the accounts going down because the market's going down. Over half has to be from actual trading. So oh, this is I people see. getting sure, sure. out. So the 90% decrease in exposure, mostly due to trading not due to losses. that sounds like a lot does that even happen very often it doesn't happen very often good question in this in the research it talks about how often it happens and it doesn't happen very often but you know when it happens it's those big yeah. things we talked about the great recession that's right right and they talk about how predictable this is so the, the this this report or this research paper is fairly interesting it talks about this is a predictable behavior. It's not like any other behaviors that we've talked about in the past. Mm -hmm. This is actually panic. They call it freaking out. They that's they, freaking that's the term, out. That's the term freak they use. Out. Freak out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you ever freaked out? Um, only while listening to the Frank Zappa record. Yes. <laughs> well, see, that's it. Like uh, music, there's no there's no cue to let people know to freak out. There's no like. Oh yeah. There's no, Holy cow. Holy cow. Dan's under the desk. Dan is under the desk. Duck oh. and cover, right? Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Don't panic. The sign behind you says don't panic, Dan. Boy, that siren scared me, too. Holy cow. See, this is what happens when I tell you what the show's going to be about. You you get you get your little sound effects ready. That surprised me. I might panic. If I heard that in real life, I would panic. I think I would. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. But I, I, I would you sell stocks just because you heard that sound? Hopefully, our yes. listeners. Yes, start I think. Selling. I think if if I hear that sound, I'm selling stocks. <laughs> I'm logging in, selling, oh. and then leaving the building. <laughs> I'm like, where's Dan? He's under the desk. <laughs> That's Duck what I'm supposed covered. to do, right? Duck and cover. Yeah, yeah. Paint your okay. windows white and put a coat over your head, as they said in Britain, if they dropped the big one. That's right, what they told you know? people back in the day. <laughs> I, I think I remember doing a little duck and cover in elementary school. If I yeah, recall. they had the they had the drills where you got under the desk. Like that desk is gonna save you from a tornado. <laughs> like See, the, I didn't grow up in Tornado <laughs> Alley like you, so I didn't. We didn't have tornado, so it wasn't like well, oh, a tornado. I'm not in Tornado Alley, but I'm I'm just just north of it. We got a few we got a few twisters. That's for sure. So growing up, people were told, you know, if this happens. Or orderly exit, orderly exit. Yep. So what I found interesting from this uh, research was that they actually had people pegged. They know who is more inclined to panic sell. So who is going to be the people that actually sell 90% of their assets in a downturn in the market? Who would you guess would be the type of person if you had to profile people? The type of person to sell. Mm -hmm. 
panic sell. Panic sell. Uh, the really emotional investors, uh, people who are typically conservative but very emotional. Well, here's what the research says. What does the research say? I'm just guessing. Uh, me too. I didn't realize this, but who is more inclined to freak out? Males, age 45 or older, okay, who are married and have dependents mm -hmm. and self-report having extensive investment experience. This is me. Wait, wait a second. Am I describing myself? I was going to say you just... Wait, oh, I'm, I'm looking not, at my uh, LinkedIn profile, actually. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, that's, not, that's not the study. That's just you. You just described yourself. Right? So I'm, I'm inclined to panic sell. Uh, you wouldn't, but... Uh, but no, but uh, this is what the study shows. Men who are 45 and older, married... Mm -hmm. have dependence and and self-report investment experience you know having experience i fit um, most of that i don't and, handle my own investments though i leave it up to you and the professionals right right yeah. and so and people that have less money are more likely to panic sell well sure yeah we talked about that in the previous show where we talked about you not wanting to risk a mil a uh, hundred thousand to win a million on a coin flip right once you start getting higher stakes, it means more. The downside is more palatable and so forth. Yeah. But what I find interesting about this is, you know, if you think about who this is, they're more inclined to do the panic selling. Yeah. So who's less inclined? Would you say that this says ignorance is bliss? Who's less inclined? Yeah, like, maybe. It, you know, people that don't say they know anything that, that are yeah. like you just said, I let the professionals handle it. So you're less likely to panic sell because you're not really sure and you don't claim to know what to do. Yeah, no. Yeah, that well, that money exists out in the nether regions to me. That's not, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So people that think they can outsmart the market might be more inclined to panic sell. Yeah. Because they think they know there. people who like to try to time the market. Uh, they, they, yeah. And they end up selling low and buying high. That's not good. Well, is it? That's what I want to address next. Is panic selling good or bad? Here we go, Tony. It's a 50-50. I, 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 I think it depends for who, the person selling or those of us who stay in the market and ride it out. For the people that are panic selling, is it a good behavior or a bad behavior? For, for me to panic sell, I would say it's bad. As would conventional most wisdom. people. Conventional yeah. ones. I mean, you talk to me about panic selling and I just... Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. No, Will Robinson. Danger. Uh, You're not even old enough to remember what that's from, so... Of course I am. I know, I know Danger, Will Robinson. And uh -huh. I was watching a show with my kids, actually. Yeah. They were watching Lost in Space. Oh, I love it. And it's a newer version. The new version, yep. The new yep. version, right? Yep. So yep. I'm watching this. I, I walk in, they're watching it. All three of the yep. boys are watching this. Yep. And they look at me and I'm like, what are you watching? They're like, oh, we're watching this new show. And I said, danger, Will Robinson, danger. And they look at me like, oh, 
how did you know that? How did you, because the <laughs> robot thing in the movie, the yeah. show said it. And yeah. so they're like, oh, you've seen this before? This is brand new. How did, I'm like, you guys. <laughs> Actually, I love the new version. It's one of my favorite shows. Uh, but go. I like, I like the old one. I actually I got to talk with uh, Bill Moomy, who played Will Robinson. Yep, he's oh. an artist. He has he's in a novelty band called Barnes and Barnes that did the novelty hit Fish Heads on the Doctor Demento Roly show. Roly Poly Fish Heads. Yeah, that's Bill Moomy of of uh, Lost in Space fame, and he also starred in an episode of uh, the Twilight Zone where the little his name was Anthony, and he put people into the corn fresh souls in the cornfield. You know, people oh, said, no. "Oh, that's good, Anthony. That's very oh, that's good. him." That's him, Bill Moomy. Oh, yeah. I hate that kid. That's kid, yeah, that kid's evil. <laughs> yeah, he was Will Robinson too. He's wow, a great. He's know. actually right. a great guy and a talented art musician as well. Yeah. Anyway, little right. sidetrack for little, little sidetrack. That's fine. That's yeah. okay. So let's talk about whether or not panic selling is good or bad. You say it's. Sure. You say it's bad, but well. I think I would assume conventional wisdom would say it's bad, Dan. Let's yes, put it that way. But this study shows otherwise. Okay. So the pros of freaking out would be you limit your further losses. So if you're like, oh my gosh, the market's tanking and you get out and you sell 90% of your holdings, the research shows that, um, well, I'll show you. Here's a direct quote from the study. It's wise to liquidate 100% of risky assets in the short term and to midterm, so 35 months or less. So you get out for 35 months or less. Um, those that get out 15 months from the start of the crisis avoid a 17% loss on average. So if you get it's out... It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe, isn't it? But the math shows that those that get out and panic sell actually avoid 17% losses if, if you know, they're out for 15 months. Once they start getting out for longer than 35 months, then all of a sudden it doesn't benefit you to freak out because the cons of freaking out are the opportunity cost. Yeah, because your money's not in there when it's gross. Some people, see, my argument for that is in 2008, 2009, when we had the Great Recession and the market tanked, if the market's on the way down and you pull all your money out uh, and I know uh, some people who did that but then they didn't get back in and you know uh, they didn't put, get to participate on the upside so when they get back in it's already going up and so they've lost money uh, because they miss all that uh, growth isn't that's that it. that's opportunity that's cost it. that's opportunity cost so the study shows that panic selling is a good thing because you avoid the losses. What the study indicates but doesn't analyze necessarily, well, it does actually. It says if you can get back in before 35 months, then you actually are beneficial. But if you don't get back in, you miss the upside and you miss all the gains, and so you're actually losing out in the end. So it makes sense to sell because you avoid the loss, but if you don't get back in, then it doesn't make sense to panic sell. In mm. fact, I have a, a so because you, you miss the bounce, you miss you miss the upside, which is yeah. which could be quite big. You think about what happened in 2020 when COVID first hit. That spring, the stock market went down 35 percent or something. If you sold 
when it was down 25, you would have avoided a 10% loss, assuming you got back in. But yeah. what if you haven't even still gotten back in? We're up over 100% from that point. Yeah. You would have missed out. So I can see where it would be advantageous if you get out before it hits bottom and then, and then, but you, this is timing the market and then buy before it gets too high. Uh, so you buy low. Uh, right. you, you, you buy back in when it's still down, then right. you get even more gains. So then you're, you're buying more, uh, with that, you have more money to buy more stock. So, right. Yeah. So panic selling can be good if it's subsequently followed by a buying opportunity. But what you've just described is timing the market. That's all oh, it uh, is. It is. In <laughs> fact, Tony, here's, here's an actual, here's a stat from this, this, um, this study and the study again is called uh where time uh what, what did i call it? let me let me scroll back up when do investors freak out machine oh, yeah. learning predictions of panic selling so they're not telling us whether or not you know when to get back in they're just saying we can predict who's going to panic sell and when they do but they don't talk about when they get back in however they do talk and they say 30%, 30.9, so 31% of these investors have not taken on risky assets since they freaked out. So basically a third of investors that panic sell don't get back don't get in. back in. Yeah, that's not good. And they're that's the ones that get crushed. Yes. So if you panic sell, which is, is, is a separate type of, of, of behavior... It's not the end of the world. But if you panic sell and then stick your head in the sand and don't get back in, that's the problem. Or wait too long to get back in. Or wait too long. How long do you wait? Yeah. I don't know. If I uh, knew. Dollar cost, yeah, if you knew, we'd all be wealthy. Right. 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 Well, you exactly. and I would be because you'd share in that wealth with me because, of course. Um, nope. <laughs> I don't know. That would be cheating. So, so um, yeah, obviously um, it's the, uh, yeah. And then you have to dollar cost average your way back in. I mean, then we've we did a show that. on that. I'm going to put it back up. Yeah. Are you really going to say the dollar cost yeah. average or lump sum? Are you really, which, which one is the better way? Didn't you watch that lump show? Sum. You were in the show. You said, you said lump sum. Right. But you're yeah. here. You are coming back with dollar cost averaging, and people don't people don't always get it back in the right way, and it depends and time. <laughs> so that's horizon. why you just do the lump sum back in, get out in a lump sum, get back in in a lump sum. Don't try. All right, so here's the conclusion, Tony. Panic selling might be a good thing. As long as you get back in in a timely fashion. Notice the go. word timely. Timely. Very, very interesting word I chose there. Timely fashion. Sure. Because I'm not suggesting to time the market, but I am saying you kind of got to get back in at some point. It's like, uh, what's the name? Harry from uh, Jaws. That's one bad hat, Harry. That The old That's guy that had to go hat, back. Yeah. <laughs> he had to go back in the water first to let everyone know. Yeah. Okay. He got back in a little too early. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the panic sellers that got out when the shark was there, that was a smart move, right? Yeah. You get out of the water, right? A Jaws reference. That's great. The Jaws analogy. I think we're <laughs> going to need a bigger boat for that, Dan. Yeah, that's another show, right? 
<laughs> Smile, you son of a... All right, I think so, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> so, again, once again, you were wrong. Um, so, Wait, the pan... <laughs> no. No, come on. No, it, it's an interesting concept. If, you, if, if the listeners want, they can read the study. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's definitely analytical. It doesn't get into the secret, which is when do you get back in? It just sure. talks about how people are inclined, certain people are inclined, and it's probably people that have... Um, a lot of emotion involved you know i got kids i got a wife i got you know i don't have much time to to ride the wave so right. i'm gonna panic right so and this is for retirees you know they're they're likely they're over that 45 men you know the ones that 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 think they know what they're doing are the ones that are gonna panic sell it's okay it's okay to be this way as long as you don't sit on the sidelines i know people who are still on the sidelines from 08 yeah 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 that's what i was trying been, to say what earlier. Is it been 13 years yeah imagine the money they lost by not getting back in uh, amazing you know they'll come back in 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 march of 2020 and say ah, i told you so we're down 35 percent. we're way ahead of where we where you were when you panicked back in 09 you know yeah. um but Again, it's easy to say. So it goes back to this idea of make sure that you have your time frame set up. You can panic, but get back in for the for the dollars or for the investments that you can have that long time frame. Don't forget about your time frame. Because if you don't have a time frame for a bucket of money, you may be inclined to panic. Yeah. But if you know that's going to be not be touched for 10 years and we have a correction, don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. Good. Awesome. I, I love the show today. Good one. Yeah. That I reminds thought. me of Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't panic. So what's the mag- What's the uh, answer to when to get back in the market? 42. 42. There it is. <laughs> well, Thanks. The answer, that's the answer, but no one knows the actual question. I just gave you the question. When do you get back in the market? 42. <laughs> Three foot four. All right, Tony. Have a good day. Let's bring right. in the kids. The topics on this show are wide ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or trying to